0: Hello and welcome to Energy Extra Time for more engaged, unfiltered and sometimes analytical football debate from Scotland and the wider world of the beautiful game. I'm Sean McGill and joining me first of all is Cameron Warnstall. Cameron, how are you doing?
1: I'm great, how are you?
0: I did, I had to just change it there because I did have something written about you being a babysitter for the day but then that turns Mm -hmm. out not to be the case so that's why. I didn't didn't forget your
1: name, I just, my gag was gone. That's what I thought, I genuinely forgot, I thought you'd forgot my name there. No, I just
0: was... Sort of read the intro, then I was like, "That doesn't work anymore because it's uh, a lie." Sorry, and I don't lie I've on this podcast. You you've, you you've been sorry walking the dog.
1: I've been walking the dog instead. That's exactly right. He's having a grand old time in the snow. He's loving
0: it. Good content. We love to see. It's Give it Energy Sport Dog Twitter account should get set up or something like
1: that. Should absolutely happen.
0: I yeah. like that. And with the green city Glasgow covered by a cloud of misery, it's no surprise which members of the Energy Sport team jumped at the opportunity to come on this week's show. Graham Sinclair and Taylor Murray. How are we doing?
2: Good, surprisingly. Very surprisingly, I'm sure. Very good, surprisingly. Very good.
3: <laughs>
0: I can't believe that you're good. What about you, Taylor?
3: Can't take the smile off my face. Genuinely. I'm just happy. I'm just,
0: you know. Is that just always the case?
3: It's not. See, to be honest, it usually is, but uh, when, Rangers, when Rangers usually drop points, I'm really not happy and I don't like speak to people, but, you know, this weekend it just seems to not matter as you were and I'm, I'm happy.
0: Well, oh, it's all a good laugh. We'll get into it all very soon, but we'd like to kick off the show with some strong opinions, so let's get underway with Big Shout, where we offer our bold claims and opinions from the last week of football. Uh, let's go with you, Cameron. I'll let you go first.
1: Right, I, I don't think this is very good, but here we go. Um, should Hearts get promoted back into the Premiership, they be relegation candidates again. That's <laughs> <my> Big <laughs> Shout. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think I, I think you guys are quite reasonable people, so I feel you'll agree with me, but I keep hearing people in the media and stuff saying like we're a top three or like top five team. That's ludicrous. That's ridiculous. Like we have yeah, fair enough, Stephen King's is not bad at left back. Like maybe Andy Irvin's got potential, Craig Halkett a bit underwhelming but has potential as well to still be a good player, but Craig Gordon's almost forty. Michael Smith's coming to end his career, Sutter and Haran just so injury prone. Ginelli's only alone, Gary McKay-Steven, who knows, and our strikers are hopeless. Boyce, Naismith and Whiten have been three biggest disappointments in our recent history, and I just think we only have about three players that would consistently keep up in the Premiership, and people really need to stop talking about a European push next season because we might not even get out of the Championship. So, yeah, that's my picture.
0: I guess, so. if you look at the Premiership, it's not very good. Uh, right now, yes. uh, the quality teams aren't great. So, is it that ludicrous to say that Hearts could come up considering they went toe to toe with Celtic, albeit not a not very good Celtic team either? Um, went toe to toe with them a few weeks ago. Uh, like you said, there is quality in there, and there maybe with a bit of time, the likes of Boyce will come good. So, are, I don't think it's out with the realms of possibility that Hearts could be
1: a top five team. I, I just don't think so. I think we'd struggle to get top six, and I think if we finished bottom six, and then the next season over, I think two seasons ahead, the age of our players, if they've not left or retired, then they'll definitely be finished. Like, let's be honest, Naceph just out looks 90% finished. He looks like, unless there's a real, just, a resurrection with he's, him, he's done. Um, I find that's the case for a few of the players. I really, I don't think we'll have any investment either. We've done quite well spending money this season. We're tying players like Kingsland into longer deals. Gianelli's possibly staying permanently, but... I don't see where the money's going to come from. I know we have the foundation that gives us money and maybe some of the investors like Budge stuff could put more money in, but during these times I just don't see it happening. I agree that maybe the Premiership teams in the bottom six aren't that brilliant just now, but I still think a few of them have a better team and are just built for the Premiership more than this Hearts team.
0: Interesting. Maybe it'd be good to see um, if the Scottish Cup picks back up Whatever happens with that, Hearts coming up against some Maybe, of yeah. those sort of lower-ranking Premiership teams and how they fare in that situation. Taylor, yeah, yeah. what's your big shout?
3: Uh, Well, I, swung, I was struggling for this one, and then I thought, no, know something I've been thinking about, and it's one of the ones that could not big shout, it's probably, yeah, understandable or not, but I'm just going to go for it. So, the January transfer window. Uh-huh. That is the most important window to do a business in. And I don't mean for the English clubs, I mean for your likes of the Dutch League, uh, the your Scottish Leagues, and all the leagues essentially that have qualifiers. That is the most important window. Your thoughts? The
2: Dutch League? What the fuck? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> why, why didn't you pick up the Dutch League before the Scottish League? <laughs> uh, because I just mean a- the fact that... Uh, uh, i so your name name? going to... Ha- I actually, uh, right, I've got the go Sky Sports News on, and I've just seen that as <laughs> Yeah, awesome. so essentially the general transfer window for these kind of leagues is the most important. Why? Because uh, you need to get the players in early, bed them in for qualifiers, and essentially get them in a system that you know uh, that will basically... They can adapt into it. Because doing it in the summer when the qualifiers are about three, two, three weeks away if you're doing it, it's a rush... Players can't get settled in like that quickly. You know, some will, some won't, some take longer. So to me it makes sense. If you've got to do like business and you want a target, try get them in January, bed them in. And that means there's less chance of them not being able to like settle in. So do you think not, th- not
0: settling? The clubs don't take or some clubs don't take the January transfer window seriously enough and they should actually maybe put more stock into that than their summer windows. No, yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not talking about, like, you like to see, like, say, your English Premier League, the Spanish League, and all of that. Obviously, January teams is just another window of like offload players that they don't really need. And essentially, they don't have qualifiers, so they don't really need to focus on that too much. But I generally I think for, like, say, Scotland, like, this is where Celtic, although they are, like, and Rangers, obviously, but this is where these two clubs have to now do their business now to be able to assure that the qualifiers, they're going to get the best possible chance. Because getting them in right at the summer to the start, it's just, that's a high risk, the fact that they'll settle in. And we've seen it with the likes of like, a couple of seasons ago, when Rangers brought in uh, Stephen Davis and uh, Jermaine Defoe. It's like, the chucked them straight in and did not play well. It took them in a good eight, nine months. It was well into the in season, uh, where they essentially started actually getting up to speed and getting into their form
0: and was it both of their debuts? Come on and beat them 2 1. It was a great laugh. Um, I don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> the Joe World Special <laughs> Yeah, that was that one. And Jordan Jones getting booed when he, you know, cheered when he came out and booed when he went off for the Rangers fans. Um, well, my point was going to be to Taylor there is, is take Rangers for example. They're going to win the Premiership. They're going to be in Champions League qualifiers. That would have been the case for the top two anyway. But we don't know, they don't know for guaranteed that they're going to have Champions League football in terms of. The group stage, you know, that they could get knocked out. It's a long time since Rangers have been in the Champions League, so how, how can you... If, are you not better waiting to the summer, until after these qualifiers, you know for a fact, which competition you're going to be in, so you know your budget? You've got to... Clubs have got to look at stuff like that, I mean, there's a difference for, the, say, Kilmarnock whether they finish 5th this season or if they finish 11th and just hang on.
3: No, I, t- I, t- I get your point by the way that is, is a massive, like, obviously aspect they need to uh, mm. look at. Will they get the 30 million jackpot of getting to the Champions League uh, group stage or will they end up in Europe where they only get, I think it's eight million, six? 5, I don't even know if it's even as much as that but it's one of the ones where it's like, we've seen, uh, an example I'll use is Celtic. Celtic's usually always done their uh, business in uh, summer for uh, when it came to the Champions League qualifiers. They only reached the uh, group stage, I think it was three times over the last nine, is it three? Aye, three times at the last nine, which shows the fact that doing your business in January might not be the way forward. Although it might have just been one of the ones where Celtic just generally went up to the races, of doing it every year. But I generally do believe that January for that aspect is the most important.
0: Interesting, from Taylor Murray, Graham. What's your grocer shri? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah,
2: That's German, which is coincidental, or perhaps not. Completely because coincidental. If, like me, you're sick of the English Premier League's <laughs> terrible, terrible quality, I advise that everybody else watches the Bundesliga, which is the best quality football league in the world.
0: Apart from the Scottish Premiership,
2: Quality football <laughs> is the key denominator there. Of course, Scotland is the best league, but I'm not going to argue it's the best quality football.
0: Right, but, okay, that's interesting, because none of the German teams are particularly brilliant at the moment. Is that because they're all pretty good?
2: Oh, it's not really in terms of how good they actually are. Right. It's more in terms of the style of football they play, and that all these teams seem to want... There seems to be no teams in the league that are your Burnleys or your West Broms, who are just content to sit men behind the ball and soak up pressure... Mm-hmm. and play for and 0 and so it doesn't feel like that's a mentality that's a thing in Germany Germany seems to be all about fast play fast counter-attack and play quick build-up play and at least attempting to score goals and I watched the Dortmund-Leverkusen game on Tuesday and it was only 2-1 but it was one of the best games of football I've seen this season because both teams just attacked 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 and the game could honestly have been 3-3-4-4 three, 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 four, four, something like that it was just such a like a bit like So it's much better than the Premier League has been. Mm-hmm. I've watched all these big, all these big games in the Premier League, and they all seem to be disappointing. Nil nils, sloppy one nils. This was a game where two teams went if af- were afraid of the other team, and we were turning it on. own strength, that it was just, it was so good to watch.
0: Your case there has made me more torn torn between Gladbach Dortmund on Friday night up against Arbroath Dundee. <laughs> it's just.
2: It's just Sky. The, the one thing that is the big drawback is that it's, it's a foregone conclusion who's going to win the league, and I fully accept that. that. Unfortunately, Bayern Munich have some sort of voodoo on the rest of the teams, that whenever they get close, every single one of them drops points. And then the teams that Bayern play, and Bayern, who have not been playing up to their usual standards, I'd probably put that down to the number of games they've been playing, just seem to get locked in. And then they, they played the Iceberg yesterday, they didn't come out for the second half at all. They consider a penalty, the boy hits the post, and that was pretty much it. So that's the only thing that kind I would say it's kind of kind of crappy to watch. But if you're just looking for like say good games of football to watch, the Bundesliga will meet your expectations more than any other
0: league. I love it. We love some some picking up European football in this chat as well. Um, mm-hmm. My big shout is getting into Cameron and Monstall. The team will finish third. Will finish third thing, but. I don't think it's too bad and it's it's not controversial, or that it definitely won't be for you lot uh, considering you're your decent people but my big shout is that people deserve a second chance and there's time when that statement doesn't apply but in the case of David Martindale it absolutely should. Um, this obviously comes as Livingston manager finds out at some point in the next few days whether he's passed a fit and proper persons test according to the SFA. Um, there's so much to sort of unpack with this I think we had a good conversation about it on the group chat yesterday and that's why I wanted to highlight it in the podcast so if there was an issue with David Martindale being fit to have a role in Scottish football then why is it now that he needs to be investigated or whatever this is like, he's been at Livingston for over 7 years he's been director of football, he's been assistant manager why is it only a problem when he becomes manager of the football club if he is such a threat to Scottish football And David Martindale should be hailed as a shining light of of why the prison system exists and how successfully people can become rehabilitated in society. He gave a good interview to Sky yesterday where he was sort of saying what's the point, like if Scottish football wants to be inclusive and wants to um, think of itself as sort of like a positive place to be then it needs to include rehabilitation in that and there's plenty of people in Scottish football who I would deem far more criminal than David Martindale or far less rehabilitated than David Martindale and they've seemed to not come under much scrutiny so I just think it's all a bit of a joke and if there's if this panel decides that anything other than David Martindale can continue the fantastic work he's doing at Livingston then I think rightfully there'll be uproar across Scottish football. I don't know if anyone else wants to add anything.
2: It's just another incident that shows the complete incompetence of the Scottish governing bodies. Like you said, he was, he's been assistant manager and he's been director of football and it's not been a problem. All of a sudden it's like, oh, he's a manager. Oh, but wait, this guy went to jail? Yeah. As if he didn't know. It's like, he should know. He should know that he's very open about it. and should know that he's very forgiven about it. And he's almost like he's kind of trying to, through his platform, it feels a lot like he's trying to teach... I tell his story to teach other people which I think it's it's, it's, it's admirable more than anything it's, it's, it's beyond he's redeemed himself he's now actually teaching them and it's so admirable, he's a role model at this point
0: yeah, like I said he should be getting championed they should be mm-hmm. singing the rooftops about how there's some of these Scottish people who has turned such a massive corner in his life to be such a success and instead there's this weird demonisation from the governing bodies, which is, aye, uh, like you said, just another joke. I don't know if Cameron and Taylor have anything they want to add, I don't want to uh, shut I anyone
3: could out, add, uh, I could add something. I feel like the, uh, the governing bodies want to look like they're doing their due diligence and voting into this, blah blah blah, right, so I can see their point from it. However, it's now why they're doing it now. They should have done this yonks ago. Like, this should have been starting when he was first coming into, like, the professional football scene, like, they should have done it and then that, this would have all been dead and buried, but I really don't, as you said Sean Graham. I really don't understand why, just because he's become a manager, it's now like, oh, we need to look into him. This this is a man who has, yes, he's made some mistakes past his life, but he's done his uh, time, he's rehabilitated, and he's even spoke about it, how he's even went to, as far as I think Sean said yesterday, he's got a degree, he Mm -hmm. he literally bettered himself, and it shows, although there is very, very much wrong, obviously political, very much wrong with, with aspects of prison. This is one of the good stories and as you said Sean, he should be getting championed. So this is something that should be done, if they were going to do it anyway, long ago. But the fact they're doing it now to me looks like they're picking and choosing and it's just not a good look. And I can already see they have got. A, if, if they don't do what they should be doing, it's just be like that, right, yep, continue, well done. It's just going to be another stick to use to beat them when they're already not in the best light right now. Yeah
0: agree with you. Are the, are, do, do players have to go through fit and proper person's tests? Cause I mean, there's players it's in the league that
2: don't... If they have,
0: it's not been publicised. Exactly. Why has this become a thing for David Martindale when there's players in Scottish football who have served time, been arrested, been sort of found guilty of, of crimes? Just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah.
2: On, the, on the day, like you just mentioned, SFA showed a bunch of a kind of disgrace. Uh, David Martindale donated his Manager of the Month Trophy to charity. just kind of shows who the real stand-up people are.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we should end this bit on. That David Martindale, good guy, SFA. You can finish that for yourselves. Wank! <laughs> 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 we'll move on now to the second ball to take a deeper look at the stories and matches that are worth having a good chat about and there's nowhere else to start other than last night's clash at the Tony Macaroni Arena. To steal a line from Livingston's Twitter account, the Lions sealed a, an historic 10 in a row as a 2-2 draw with Celtic saw David Martindale's side go 10 games unbeaten in all competitions, compounding the misery on Celtic and Neil Lennon after another tumultuous week for the champions. Let's start by focusing on the actual football of this, and Cameron, I know you didn't, haven't caught all this game, so I thought I'd come to you on Martindale's team selection. It's certainly raised. A lot of eyebrows when the Levy team sheet included seven changes from the draw at Parkhead on Saturday with one eye seemingly on this week's League Cup semi-final against St Mirren, so yeah. were you surprised by the sort of boldness of Martindale's selection?
1: Um, maybe by the boldness, but not the idea of it I didn't think there was any issue with his decision because, well yeah you've got a massive game coming up one of the biggest in their history probably they've won the League Cup before so, you know they know they can do it know they can do it and now's probably their best chance I think who's in the R semi-final St Johnston and the Hibs I think Yeah. both well beatable um, hopefully beatable <laughs> and um, yeah it makes total sense um, just to rest some players get them fit and ready for the semi-final knowing that they could probably nick a point off this Celtic team with seven changes I think the changes worked didn't they it wasn't both goals scored by changes to a No, it I think Kieran,
2: B- Kieran Brown started on Saturday. It? Did yeah. it? But J.Vaniel Thomas
1: came in, didn't he? Um, yes, game. he did, yes. absolutely. Uh, yeah. So one of them at least, and I think that's... it's What's the word? Vindication? Is that the right word? I might be getting that word wrong, but um, yeah, certainly mm-hmm. it proved that his choices were the correct choices. I think to take a point of Celtic here, great result.
0: Yeah, and like we were mentioning there, it was a man-of-the-match mm-hmm. performance. From, do you want to say something, Graham? I was just checking uh, Kieran Brown did start sorry left it okay. Saturday cool. um, well, right, Speaking of Kieran Brown it was a man of the match performance from the Levy Defender who scored the opener inside 15 minutes before going on to assist Jay Emmanuel Thomas' equaliser um, Taylor I've got a question for you who would defend a set piece better Celtic Football Club or the Energy Sport Football Writers Group chat
3: Oh no 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 definitely the Energy Sport Writers Group chat that's 100% <laughs> when you've got a uh, people with a height like Jamie McIntosh and that, <laughs> you're, you're instantly he's a commanding presence. so If you mention height and don't mention
0: Jack, you will be feeling so you've got to. No, up. no,
3: see, see, Jack to me, Jack's the one of the ones where he has the eyes in the ball and he will attack it no matter where it is. Jamie's the commander one where there's a, a long high ball into the back post, he's getting his in the door on it and he's going to. But 100% who are you have on the, the back post, there? What? What? No, 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 I can't put Jim in the post. No, who are you dancing. having
0: on the post? I'm asking you.
1: Oh no, it's gonna be you in the front post. 100, percent you. <laughs> nah, yeah, just, can no, can I just say? Sorry, can I just say? I, I, when I was a footballer, I liked to throw myself about a bit, but I was a shite bag at corners, so I'll happily go on the back post. Well, I was oh, a, I
2: was a left, but I was a left back and full back traditionally go on the post. I'll be on the post.
1: Yeah, that's nah, true. Yeah. Been that's chat, Me and Graham, we've sorted that. Okay.
0: And Sean, you're six foot. You can I'm fucking tall can't header the all so that'll be fun <laughs> Um, I right, Taylor though uh, it was another example of just embarrassing defending really from Celtic
3: it's funny see the full game I, was like, I looked at it and it's like Celtic played I'm going to say pretty well Celtic fans will disagree Rangers fans will probably like that they were terrible me I think they were I think they played pretty well although no sparkling. and the considering what they went through, yeah, they did decent, however, they're defending, I don't know what's happening, Duffy spends most of the time on the ground, every time a goal goes in, I guarantee in the shot he'll be lying on the ground somewhere, and it's no through sheer distraught, or oh, we've conceded, it's like, he's always lying about somewhere, and I don't understand why he's been taught that, or how, he's just, won- he's just not settled in at Scottish football, it's been arguably one of the worst businesses I'd probably say in Scottish football for the money he's on anyway, and Celtic's defending like, at, is shocking. A stat on Sky Sports last night showed that fifty three percent of uh, set pieces Celtic concede. That's over half, over
0: half. Like fifty three percent of the I goals th- they've conceded this year have been set pieces.
3: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, fifty three percent of goals, which shows the fact is, is a weak point and teams are pointing it out. And Luffy, were... Luffy just literally—you knew since that free kick was given away by him, they was going to cause a problem. And it was just how easy it was for was it. Who was it that scored? Brown? Yeah, Kimbra. No. Yeah, Kimbra. Brown. How easy Brown Mitchell managed to just drift in behind, like, Iron and Duffy and just nod at anything? And um, Barca's position, like, that was, that was just baffling, but it's just the two defenders, like, Ayer, who's, like, six foot five, Duffy, who's <coughs> actually meant to be known for, like, a no-nonsense centre-back, but yet, they're literally just being done by one long ball. It's, that is baffling, that's all I can say. That's one word I'll describe
0: it, baffling. I just, like, every time, I know I've spoken about it a lot, but Shane Duffy in Scottish football is just absolutely hilarious. Like, we, <laughs> all, we all thought he was going to be some sort of, like, Colossus coming <laughs> up for the Premier League, and he's just an absolute joke. <laughs> he is genuinely it def- horrendous.
2: It, it's definitely like the Joy Barton role, that he thought he was going to come up here and stroll it, and he did stroll it for the first four or five games and he's just got it in his head I'm the man, I'm the best and then it's just all into shit and it's fucking wonderful to see
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like how I he mean, came up sort of talking about how he was so keen to sort of win 10 in a row with his boyhood club and all that sort of stuff and he's part of the reason they've absolutely chucked it and he's like oh, like the money is on Taylor's right like, it's just I mean I sort of feel like a bit of a fud for thinking that he was going to be so good but we all did didn't we we all thought he was going to come up here and make a difference to Celtic's back line, and <laughs> well. He has, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> it's tremendous. Um, Graham, we'll get onto the whole sort of feeling around Lennon in a moment. But uh, he said after the game that he thought his players performed well last night. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? And during, while you're doing that, you can either um, feel free to mention or not mention a certain bald captain coming on for about 30 seconds before getting sent off. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll mention that in a bit. <laughs>
2: uh, I actually do I agree with Lennon for the most part. I thought Celtic in the first half were about as good as I've seen Celtic in many weeks. Perhaps O'Firms were very similar. Very similar first halves. And then they moved the ball so quickly and I actually play it, they played it through, like, through the channels and side by side in... I thought they were very set and I thought when they got they were well-deserved their leading probably should have went ahead further despite the fact that beat on score was offside. Yep. But I thought in the second half they reverted back to the kind of Celtic we've been used to the one that were just the play was slow it was pretty mannering they were restricted to long shots and it was uh, no surprise when you got the equalizer because Celtic had res- reset back to the norm. So that's kind of how I'd feel about that. I do Kind on of to like the last two questions. I, I, I kind of thought it was interesting that Lovey made, made seven changes. Yeah, I didn't actually think the team looked much weaker. No. I, think, I, I think it showed Lovey's squad there. I think Celtic made six changes, and then I thought the team kind of still looked kind of average. Whereas Lovey's team, Lovey made seven changes to make that would have made them worse. And I thought they just kind of looked similar quality. And then, and then on the first Lovey goal. I think it's interesting that it's duffy gives away the fell, Beaton plays alongside, and I are leaves his man. So <laughs> <But Well>, i centre backs.
0: But That's an interesting point to pick up on about Livy's squad deck. Is it I don't know, is it Livy's squad necessarily being deep, or is it just the fact that they are all so drilled into this mindset and this system that it's kinda just like bodies in places, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, and that's not that. to discredit the quality no. of the players, but the sort of the environment that they have at that club elevates them to a point where personnel isn't as much of an issue as it might be mm. in other places.
2: Yeah, it's a very even playing field at the club, and would see the talent pool as kind of a straight line where other players have the best players and they have their backups. Mm-hmm. Levy well, we are very much a straight line across the squad. I think you find that the best players at the club are that the players that are trusted, are the ones that have been there the longest and have been embedded in the system. And when I think of that, I think about Scott Pittman Who's a player that I've admired through, since I, I went to all the bloody playoff games when they came up, and I thought Scott Pittman was a star.
0: He's brilliant. Isn't
2: he? uh, so, yeah, I I think you're spot on with what you said in that regard.
0: Yeah, I just they're a great team to watch, and um, I do agree that the, the squad is just um, it's exciting. It's it's mm-hmm. it's different. It's, I don't. There's no team in the Premiership like it because, like you said, like if Kelly had to make seven changes, like who would we be playing like? That's brutal, but then they seem to be pretty. I, uh, good, so.
2: I kind of think Rangers would like look considerably <laughs> worse. They made seven changes. Yeah. But I don't think
0: Luffy, I mean, I don't think Luffy did. he did. Changed the system as well with the three, mm-hmm. four, two, one, and it worked really well. I
2: mean, yeah, we've been switching between a three and a four all season and yep. seems like both formations have worked to their advantage.
0: Yep, definitely. Uh, Cameron, let's talk a bit about <laughs> Lennon. because <laughs> that's, that's always fun, isn't it? Um, he sort of doubled down in his uh, post-match interviews that really sticking getting snappy with journalists do you think this is a man at the end of his tether now? Um,
1: yeah I think he's a man at the end of his tether since about June um, <laughs> I think he's finished uh, if you think the Rangers boys don't like Neil Lennon then you've not heard my opinion I just think he's not a good enough manager. I've made a point a million times on this podcast probably on Roundup that he shouldn't have been given the job in the first place, that he's actually done quite hopeless despite winning trophies and trebles, whatever he wants to say. Um, I think he only didn't get sacked last season because Fraser Foster won our cup final. Um, I think there were lucky Rangers fell away last season and we lost it last year. I don't think they were that exceptional a team. They almost lost the Scottish Cup, the delayed Scottish Cup to us. Um, that should never really be happening, because as I've said, our team's not brilliant just now, and um, yeah, I think he's just the last few weeks I've just put so much pressure. And I don't, I'm, I'm not happy that probably his mental health's been hurt by this or whatever, because that's never nice to see. But I think he really does just need to step away. I don't know if he's staying in it for a paycheck or a, a, uh for the money he'll get when he gets sacked. But I think it's just, just sheer pride. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is just your friend, and I get that because it is. It's a bit like Craig living at Hearts. You just, if you love the club so much and it's all you care about, and you, you actually, it probably is just tunnel vision that he can't possibly see himself failing. He just thinks, no, I will turn this around. I will get the wins. We will win the league. Blah blah. blah. It's just not going to happen. Look what happened to Hearts. Like it's. It's madness, and it's too fair. Who's actually going to step in from him? I have to admit, I don't know who's going to step in from on a short-term basis and fix the problem, or even come close to fixing the problem and giving a real titles race a chance. But yeah, I think he's got to go. Surely he's got to go. If he's not pushed in, he should go himself. And um, I just—it's it, funny, and it's funny, and you're laughing, you joke, and you see him do stupid stuff and have silly arguments, but make silly faces. He makes silly faces, which is the weirdest video of all time. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you take a step back for a look and you go, Oh, just like even me, who personally despises him, even I go, I actually feel a little, just a little bit bad for him, just a tiny, tiny bit, because he's just doing his best for the club that he loves and he's never going to turn that around ever does anyone else
2: feel bad for him <laughs> <laughs> next, qu- next question okay, we'll keeping up the laughing
0: Scott Brown Hey <laughs> yeah I thought
2: I, thought I meant not suckle back bat what the fucking moron he is by the way <laughs>
0: talk us through it if you can <laughs>
2: Okay, I just want to send a gif in the chat of a UFC guy going to do a spinning bag fist <laughs> to his opponent. That's pretty much what it looked like. <laughs> and he comes on. It reminds very reminiscent of, my, of Rangers manager Stephen Gerrard in his last Liverpool Man United game. when he comes on 38-10 and stamps him under Herrera, which I think people can understand. And he gets sent off. And it's very similar. Brown comes on. So if it's 2-2 and somehow they bring on Scott Brown because that's how you win it, get a goal and he decides he's to kind of back into Lovey's new sign and <laughs> just kind of give him a bit of a the go. boy Boy kind of stands up to him and Brown just swings the left arm <laughs> don't know really how much contact he makes to the face, but it doesn't really matter, Sense tried to punch the guy in the face and for once Scott Brown, who's done this many a time, got sent off and I probably laugh more at that than the, the, the goal that Livy scored
0: <laughs> It's quite Fitting and poetic, isn't it? The, the mm-hmm. sort of the complete sort of explosion and the, the sort of uh, the way their invincibility has just been completely taken away this year. And Scott Brown, who, like you say, does get away with these little, like, sort of kickouts or little sort of like clashes off the ball with players, and finally even that's been taken away from South. that just everything's crumbling down around that <laughs> moment.
2: Yeah, that's what happens when you grow hair and you aren't shaving to be a hard man.
0: True, it was this small layer of hair that sorted them out. Um, oh, it's just Celtic are just such a good laugh. so thanks, th- th- thanks to them
2: this season as well. Have been very enjoyable,
0: <laughs> very enjoyable. Um, uh, Cameron made an interesting point about um, about who would come in, and I don't think the task for whoever would come in would be to. Start a title race. That's gone. That's done. I think they need to do what Rogers did with Leicester. Somebody maybe made a point in this podcast before. Maybe it was something else. I can't remember. Um, but start thinking about next year. The reason that I know Leicester fell away last year, but they hit the ground running in that season, is because Rogers came and he got to know the players. He got to identify his targets. He got to understand the club. And give somebody the time to do that now, then maybe Celtic won't will be able to stop Rangers getting another title next season you can't just sort of wait around And that's, the whole, that's what what's said, they've waited around with Lennon that's why the results are still bad they've stuck with players like Scott Brown that's why he's dishing out UFC moves to <laughs> players from the Northern Irish League like, it's just <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's just gone for the club and they need to start being more forward thinking um, they've, they've sort of rested on the laurels for too long now and it's come to bite them and it's pretty pleasing
2: it's quite so to Taylor's Big Show, isn't it? really yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, get, i tell you, it, it probably applies more to managers than it does players, because managers yeah. usually get brought in at this point because a team have lost their identity and have things have not gone the way, whereas sometimes teams will be signing players when they're on the top, which is a bit
0: different. So, yeah, <laughs> I think a good point. We have spent long enough laughing at Celtic, but Wednesday really was a... a a day for the history books. Livio deserved rattled the 9 in row champions. <laughs> Donald Trump left the White House for the final time to make way for Joe Biden and the first ever female vice president, and Kamala Harris. And two was, ducks. And two ducks. <laughs> there was finally a good game of Premier League football as Manchester City fought their way past a now consistently impressive Aston Villa side to secure a 2 0 victory and a place atop the Premier League table for a couple of hours before Man United beat Fulham to overtake them because that's the nature of the title race down south this year Cameron, despite the thrilling title race it hasn't exactly equated to thrilling action on the pitch so far this season but this one was a welcome exception
1: Yeah, definitely, I think if it had stayed 0-0 if City hadn't got the breakthrough that we all expected to eventually come then it probably would have been one of the best 0-0s ever Like probably the best 0-0 I've ever watched, um, it was a brilliant game really really good I was a bit fuming because De Bruyne got robbed of two assists from Foden being a bit I don't know I don't know just a bit hesitant on the ball and um, Cancelo coming really close to his left foot hitting the bar which I thought was actually a really good strike it's a real shame that didn't go in but yeah brilliant game like I said it was end to end like Villa like they really went for it and that's what you love to see you don't want to see them sitting just at times they did maybe have like nine men behind the ball just packed in but as soon as they got the ball they attacked like they didn't just pass it round the back try to get in shape they got it to, like an outlet like grealish or whatever or bertrand Traoré, who is probably the most frustrating player i've ever seen because he has so much ability and potential and then he just his end product is horrendous but um yeah no brilliant game and uh it's, it's a shame Villa didn't get anything from the game probably, because even though City maybe deserved to win, it's it was dubious, the goal they got, which you may or may not mention now.
0: Graham, tell us about Manchester City's goal, first goal.
2: It's <laughs> oh, a controversial one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Tyrone Mings receives the ball, has two bad touches, and Rodri, who's come back from a miles offside position takes advantage, and it starts the attack. Leads to the goal, and it has seems to be a massive conversation over whether that is offside or not. The Premier League said that this is why it's not because had, uh, Mings had control of the ball, but I completely disagree. And I don't see how you can give anything other than offside for that decision.
0: And then uh, Tyrone Mings himself said so he's never yeah, heard
2: of it. and Dean Smith got sent off. Just do understand. I think you watch and you look, and Rodri is in that position, and he's looking to pounce on Mings having a bad touch, and he's and he's getting so he's he is getting an advantage by being in an offside position.
0: Yeah, it was confusing the whole coverage around that. I mean, I think the addition of referees to coverage is always good because they know exactly the rules. But Peter Walton said that should have been offside, and then after the match, when he was talking to Jake Humphrey in the studio, it was, well, the Premier League have got in touch to say this, and this is why it's now not, well, why it, it should stand as a goal, and then Robbie Savage and Rio Ferdinand are disagreeing, um, and it just seems like there's, n- there's no definitive answer to this, there's no definite that it was right or wrong, I mean, Dale Johnson from ESPN is good for this sort of stuff on Twitter, and he says that he reckons 99 times at 100, that's given, o- given as offside.
2: Um, it's just so silly in that you have all these marginal hairline pubes offside <laughs> uh, and then you've got Roger who's sitting 20 yards offside and he benefits because all of us somehow Mings is controlling the ball well enough he just don't understand the correlation between the rule I don't understand any rules these days for the most part
0: I'd love to call this episode pubes aside but I can't <laughs> <laughs> I really would like to <laughs> Taylor, I'd, I'd, I'd also like to talk to you about John McGinn uh, a player who I think we've all got a lot of time for and I just thought we like to take the Scottish slant on things and I was reading an interview with him by Greg Evans in The Athletic and it was a great insight into him as a player and as a person uh, and the article also spoke about this wasn't in the interview with McGinn but sort of like the preamble around it that how just how much of a bargain he was from Hibbs for what 2.75 million I think it is and they were saying that if he is to leave it would be for a big fee to a big club do you think that is in John McGinn's future? Could you see him sort of kicking on at a bigger team in England or abroad, or do you think that he's found a home at Villa Park?
3: No, I, I, he could still go up another level and a 100% do believe that he could be a mainstay in a top six club, even probably the likes of, would you dare say, a Liverpool, maybe? Yeah, you, I, I, could, I could definitely see him running the... Uh, running the
2: Midfield at one of the Cubs because he's. just uh, Sorry, just to toggle our focus quickly. Why Adams going in the summer? I think McGinn has some quite transferable skills to why now Yeah, that's As not what I thought of. Them. I
0: hadn't thought of McGinn and Liverpool because Manchester United were linked for a while, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, that's maybe right? But yeah. I, I, I,
2: I think he would. He would probably play a lot for Liverpool. Just sorry.
3: No. I guess, yes. 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 Like. I could definitely see him just being that uh, basically work, work course in a midfield for a, a big club, doing the dirty work and essentially uh, probably you know take his game at another level. Mm-hmm. And him doing that will also take at Scotland's uh, national team at another level, Ho- hopefully. There we're speculating, hopefully, but I really do believe that uh, McGinn can play at uh, the next level
0: comfortably. As long as he's fit for the summer, eh? Can I just yeah,
1: I ask, um I, I think you do like. Also, as Grib says, I totally agree. as a Liverpool fan that you do at Liverpool, but I think even abroad, like, I could suit German or Italian leagues, and there's a lot of Scottish people in Italy just now. And Sean, I know you watch a lot of Italian football. Who do you think he'd play for in Italy, if any them were trying to snap him up? That's a good a really question. Um, if any team there maybe suits him, like maybe Liverpool would, or like any German team. To be honest,
0: it probably is Conte's in there, isn't it? This sort of like workman like. Energy, but still that sort of skill. I mean, Barella was really good in that Juventus game that I know Graham watched as well. He's maybe got a bit more sort of guile than McGinn, but I think his key attribute in that game was he was just everywhere, like he was just all over the place. Uh, and I think that's what Conte demands from his players. So I think if you add John McGinn to that already impressive midfield, I think that would be quite exciting. I think
1: that'd be even more exciting there. I think it'd be brilliant if he moved to like a Germany around Italy and. In Champions League and stuff, and you can
0: mm. keep up with I, just, I think,
2: that'd be a brilliant move for him. What do you think, Graham? My head went to Atalanta. I don't know how much of they, they consider them kind of like the same size as mm. AC oh, Inter. I think. Yeah. A team where, like, yeah. he is like the he is like the workhorse, kind you of But he does have. I don't want to diminish his actual footballing ability. He does have quality yeah. on the ball. Yeah. I think you could probably fit in all sides. To be honest, to be honest with you, like, but really, we're, Juventus don't really have much in the way of anything right now apart for Ronaldo. Is is McGinn that much worse than Aaron Ramsey? I wouldn't say so at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and Aaron Ramsey often gets misused in that Juventus team. I think, but,
2: Come but maybe not, maybe no, not Easy maybe not
0: East Milan. Mm-hmm. Yeah but Cameron, you popping up with the good questions it's about time, Thank there you. were what, how many episodes into no, the show, I, I, I don't am,
1: know I'm supposed to be co-host <laughs>
0: <laughs> I enjoyed that Cameron, well done um, we're a competitive bunch on this show, so it's time for our favourite part of the week, where we test our football knowledge and see it out uh, last, Come week, on. last week was a dark day <laughs> in the storied history of this uh, well respected quiz as Jack Donnelly picked up his first ever win uh, this week it's Graham Sinclair in the host chair because Cameron could not be asked. <laughs> so, <laughs> ghost. ghost! He couldn't I be bothered. So. I tried.
1: No, I really tried. I really, I'll tried for like an hour, and I went on the Xbox. I even asked my mates to get a quiz for me, and they couldn't come up with anything. So Graham's done a better job. So could well, just, we'll have to see. Well, yeah. uh, uh,
2: sure. Well, it was a bit tougher. I admit, I was struggling a bit, and I didn't. I forgot. I forgot about it until I woke up. But I'm, um, I'm a quiz master, so yeah. I think these things through and well we got. To kind of, yeah, we're always try and relate it so it's Cup semi-final weekend this weekend mm-hmm. games at hand then Hibs are involved so I'm going to bring back one from the Energy Sport 2020 quiz can you name the 25 players that played in this game and the game being the 2016 Scottish Cup final no. between Hibs <laughs> and Rangers the
0: answer is no <laughs> right, well,
2: there are 25 p-
3: what do you mean the, the- it's got a Rangers fan on right Graham I'm going to say one thing Fuck you for make me
2: remember that. I don't want. Really, Martin, there are twenty. So there are eleven. I'm up. knocking. There are players for each team that started, and there were five subs brought on. So twenty seven players. Sorry, and just let's see how far we can go. Heberstrange oh, just three to. I'm gonna be
0: rubbish now. at how this worked. man. See if mm-hmm. I got one necessary. I, don't I don't think I think I was uh, watching this game as well, Cameron. I don't remember yeah. watching
2: it. We will go with. Uh, uh, who puts Taylor, Taylor. last? You? Well, Taylor you to, but I don't like how much you, how often you used to put me last <laughs> and see it out, so. That's important.
1: Alright,
2: we'll oh, Cameron first, O'Shaughnessy oh, second, and we'll go Taylor third. Fuck it.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, um, uh, David Gray.
2: David Gray did play and scored a goal. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> maybe scored the goal.
0: Henderson can deliver. Kind of off the bench. That was a- that was day. Eh? Hmm? That, that was, was what? Al- that was a loud day eh, to have people off the bench. Yeah. Right? yeah. See <laughs> what you said that there was like <laughs> I, said, I Said no
2: unused <laughs> unused subs would be incorrect.
3: Incorrect, right. Uh, since I lost my nut at his goal because it was an absolute wonder had Your boy Andy Hallery. Correct. Uh, oh my I'm really overthinking this. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <and,
1: laughs> The Hibs player that got the other two goals, I think, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was that Anthony Stokes? It was Anthony Stokes. <laughs> Thank God. Right, good. Nerves settled.
0: I'm generally not even convinced with these, by the way. Ah, no, right. I'm threatened. I'm just trying to think yeah. of players who were there at that time, but mm-hmm. it's not...
2: Mm-hmm. This is a season where both Hibs and Rangers were in the Scottish Championship, yeah. alongside Hearts, so... no, Hart Was
0: Hart that alongside Hearts or Hearts' way four. back up? Hart ah, Hearts' way back up.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, my apologies.
3: Yeah, um, season.
0: This could end up being an absolute shocker, but like could. the Rangers keeper of that time was Wes
2: Fodderingham? It was. It was Wes Fodderingham. Is it me? Yes.
3: Captain Lee
0: Wallace.
2: It was Lee Wallace.
0: <laughs>
2: After the game, the character of Lee Wallace being a grass. Oh
0: yeah, of
1: course.
2: Of course, being a thing.
1: Um, he plays every other game, so I'm going to go Lewis Stevenson.
2: Lou Stevenson did play, yes.
0: Good, good. Um, <laughs> why well, I don't? I far more hips players are coming to my head than. Yeah, well, say, I, I think
2: along the lines of you, you kind of like who played for who at that time. I think there's enough getable ones in there that, even if you haven't seen this game, or remember much about it. That you should be able to get most of them.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm stuck between two, I'm just worried one of them's going to be wrong. Um, I'm going to say... Liam Fontaine. He did start at center back for Hibs.
2: Yes. That's a great shot. Mm-hmm.
3: The man we were just speaking about, John McGinn. He mm-hmm.
2: oh, did start, no.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, oh, I've got one in my head that's so risky, but I'm 99% sure. Um,
3: don't take this you don't get the reward. Speak to her. Don't get a <laughs> Don't take a risk. Oh, I've got a shot. Fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've still enough
1: time for you, Cameron. There you um, go. Thank you. It's not helped. Oh, this is an awful shout. I feel like he didn't play. Oh, I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. Comrade Logan.
2: The goalkeeper for him was Conrad Logan. Oh, yeah, of course thank it was.
1: God, I knew he played the temi and that, but I didn't know if he played the final. Phew. Right, I'm back to my
0: sort of just guessing again. Um...
2: There are some, like, major obvious ones in here that you guys have so far had missed. I'll just put that out there.
0: For Rangers as well? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so scared to go for Rangers ones, but I feel like, I, d- I don't really remember those, that team, like... Uh,
3: it's sadly ingrained in my brain. Aye, I
0: no them. wonder. I hate it. Um. I want to say that Liam Fontaine was probably partnered by Jordan Foster?
1: I think so. He was not. The
2: answer is I wouldn't say anything. It's Sean, you're out. Taylor. I hate this game.
0: His
3: name is James Tava.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that one's fairly obvious. James Tava needed to start a right back for Rangers in
1: that game. Um, if Foster didn't, I'm going to say Paul Hamilton.
2: Correct. <sighs>
3: I don't like the fact I remember this guy. He gives me nightmares. Rob Kiernan. Yep. <laughs> this hey, might be a
1: telling
0: one. I was going to say Rob oh, Ro- Kiernan's on my list, <laughs> but I was too scared to go for it.
1: I would never go that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen photos I'm celebrating, but it would we have been Hibbs started with a back three, and I don't know if that's true, but I'll risk it. Uh, Darren McGregor.
2: Dead start, yes.
1: Good start. Must have got a back five.
3: Not,
1: eh. oh. Oh, right, okay. this <laughs> I don't
3: know what, oh, okay, I'm pretty sure, for, no, no, he was there, I know for a fact he was there, because he came off as he came off, Martin
1: Watercorn. Correct. Um, this is a risk, because it's maybe been said when I was thinking, but I'm pretty sure the other goals were scored by Kenny Miller. He was, and it's not been
0: Yep, Kenny Miller also on the list. Why do you think Jordan Foster was a better answer than that? I don't know. Let's see it out, man, the pressure,
1: uh, the
3: nerves. Oh wait, I don't know if this has been said, should I go for it? Nah, no, no, no. It. I'm confident. Do it. Do it's it. going to backfire on me. <laughs> Jason Cummins.
2: Has not been said. Oh. Let me just, one, two, no, really three, sick. four, four players left. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six and oh. ten left.
1: I keep thinking of the 2012 players because of the 5-1. I can't not think of that. Erm... Um, Oh God! Sorry, it's okay. Aye, ah, you've definitely. No,
3: it's
0: okay. Won. I no, can it's think okay. Field. Well, can we do the, Kelly Celtic League Cup final next week, please? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's um, oh, Hibs midfield, Hibs midfield. Who the hell played in midfield? Again and Henderson. Who would have came off for Henderson? Ah, you can't get Rangers, right? Who played for Rangers at that time? When you were in the championship. Um,
2: Clint Hill Taylor if you get one right you have won the game
3: right right okay okay did I go just to just to show my sheer knowledge or did I just play the sheer knowledge I've got got two sheer knowledge it'll be a shite bag uh, (laughs) alright this one is I know he was at Rangers at that time but I don't know if he actually played so uh, it's got to be the one the Arsenal highly rated player (laughs) He's flexing.
2: he's flexing Taylor wins see it out <laughs> ah. Justin. was Marvin Bartley playing? playing? he wasn't I'll go through them all Taylor just kind t- drug- of like fire off other ones from me then if you've, or anyone would fire off names. Barry McKay Barry McKay Barry, Barry McKay Dylan McGeer Jason Holt Daniel Wilson
3: Daniel Wilson Daniel Wilson, Daniel
2: Wilson oh, yeah Nicky Clark Fuck. Nicky Clark yep oh. <laughs> <laughs> who would been up front sinister- oh come on for Mm-hmm. Dean Shields. Dean Shields came oh. off the bench. <laughs> uh, so there's only three Hibs players left and they were Keons. James Keatons, Nicholas, Gun- oh. Gun- Nicholas Gunnarsson and oh, Hibb's starting midfielder was Fraser fiery oh. So I think maybe a bit upset about the fact that Taylor got a Rangers question, but I think that game is probably the most famous Scottish game
0: yeah, I didn't watch it. Of
3: the decade, <laughs> in the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. so i i wish I yeah. wish I never knew that. Like see, I'd actually be happily go out the first the first question be like, yeah, I don't know it. But the fact it's ingrained in my brain that, that broke me. That chill broke me.
0: I find that pleasing. Yes. I wish you were Still broken about it, so he didn't want <laughs> to get out, but he oh, no. <laughs> does. So, aye, that's Cameron. You need to boost up Taylor's score in the rankings while me and you still oh, wow. have our embarrassing I'll numbers it considering it the amount of times we've been all, we do this I all the time. That's bound to
1: happen, though. That's bound to happen. I'm going on a European tour soon. Come on. You're Ian, I'm the same as Struan. I'm on 25%. So, Sean, you're on less than 15%. Yeah, let's not talk about it. You have a you you worse th- than Jack now for percentage. Oh, no. Oh, I think good. you just need to get on the sporkles.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe we do. Uh, um, so that was based off the League Cup semi-finals this weekend. Let's look ahead to those, um, and the two semi-finals feature neither of the old firm sides, which is just a tremendous sentence. Um, it's Hibs versus St Johnson on Saturday. Graham both teams have certainly been in better runs of form than they are at the moment, um, or at this moment in time throughout the season, but are you hopeful that we might see the best of both sides at hand and the big occasion bring out the best of the sides?
2: I think you always have to hope for it I think I'll refer to what David Martindale said in his post-match, post-match interview and in that it's a cup game it's a one-off form can largely go out the window so I'm hopeful because both sides form in this regard is bad I'm hopeful that because of the occasion they will rise up to the challenge and it will be an entertaining game I don't have massive hopes for it even though it is a one-off but I, I, I have more faith that a game between Hibs and St Johnson in a semi-final will be an entertaining game than Hibs versus St Johnstone in, in a Saturday game
0: Cameron, Hibs are probably now the favourites for this competition, does that almost make them less likely to win it, knowing the history of that football
1: club? Uh, the, the, the um, what would you call it the age-old um, Hibs? I don't know, they, they are they are probably favourites even ahead of Livingston, um, sorry what I was saying earlier, but yeah, I don't know. It is a tough one. I've not seen enough of Hibs recently to know exactly what's going wrong with them, but mentality-wise, they just seem like it seems just now like no-one in the league wants to get third place, and they're part of that. Um, will that transfer over to the Cup? I don't know. I feel like Hibs, I, I don't think they have a shocking record in the League Cup. I think they've actually won a fair few. Uh, I think the last time they won it was against your Kelly, I believe, Sean. It would um, have been I. Yes, a long time ago, but yeah, I think they'll be dying for another League Cup if they win a League Cup, like the bragging rights over hearts and uh, over hearts for Cup and League competitions right now would be huge and uh, the fans will definitely want it the club knows that, the players will be told that and um, yeah, I think they'll definitely they'll at least beat St Johnston it, then comes to the final where they'll play Levy, who have beat them in a League Cup final before so a bit of history there um, and interesting, well, either way I agree that, um, with Grimm, that it's going to be a good game better than a League game would be between the two sides
0: St Johnston's last semi final was a 2 0 loss to Hibs in this very competition at Tyncastle in twenty sixteen. Taylor, can you see them reversing that result? Do you give Callum Davidson's side much of a chance in this one? Um no. I don't
3: I just St Johnston's just aren't a great running for me now. It's uh, although I'm, I just don't I just don't see anything about them. I just I generally think ever since Tommy Wright left they do lack an identity, so I just you know they get some results and then you're like oh is this the time to turn around the other ones you're like uh, nah that is back to being probably relegation candidates but I Hibs have got to win that one
0: I feel comfortably but in the end Hibs aren't winning the Cup so They did go on a good run not too long ago but <laughs> I, I was trying to think about how to frame the question St Johnston and usually you pick like an interesting aspect about their team and I just couldn't think anything there's nothing on that side that's really sort of Capturing my attention and uh, for good or bad at the moment, it just seems very meh. Yeah, that's kind of.
3: just kind of backs up their point. Points. Just, they don't have that identity. They don't have that set way of playing where you're like, oh, this is how you could trouble them here. Or, this is their strengths here. They're just they're just actual now a cop that's just gonna be there. And that's I know that's no disrespect to like Cal, Calum Davidson's tactics because to be fair, he's just doing the best that he can for St Johnston, and maybe it's a, a process he's going through, but as of right now, I just generally don't see them having any somewhat strengths that could even trouble Hibs. The only thing that could trouble Hibs are themselves, I'm going to say.
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, did you have something you wanted to add there?
2: Yeah, just cause I thought, like, if you say much, not much to St. John's, and kind of like much to talk about, I think that's amplified, but the fact that would go on a good unbeaten run, but it was just 12 draws. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of sums up Kind of, uh, their, their identity if they have one is being kind of right what Tommy Wright St Johnson was but not fairly there
0: yeah uh, on Sunday evening the rest of the world may be getting set for Liverpool versus Manchester United in the FA Cup but our focus remains on Hampton for what might be the most unfashionable semi-final in recent history and that's why I love it I think it's brilliant um, so Livingston take on St Mirren as both sides look to take a step closer to a rare piece of silverware for both clubs Cameron, I asked you earlier about David Martindale's team selection for the game against Celtic, but does the performance in that one make his team selection for this game that a little bit harder?
1: Um, maybe it's maybe even more the tactical side of it, like you guys have talked about already. They switched between a three and a four at the back, so maybe being caught in two minds of which one to select because he's got good results with both. Um, I think maybe I'd expect all the players that played. This week to sit out, that was the whole point. They'll be a bit tired after this game, get the fit ones back in. But definitely one or two of them have earned a place. Even Emmanuel Thomas getting that goal, a really nice goal. Um maybe deserving. And uh, Kieran Brown will certainly be playing for another consecutive game. But yeah, no, I think I think they'll whatever they do, they're definitely the favourites for St. Murren, but St. Murray aren't to be taken lightly either. Like I know as a Hearts fan that St. Mir can go out and beat you in a League Cup game. So at Hamden, um they they are that sort of team, they'll be well up for it as well. But uh, both teams good league cup pedigree, so I think even though it like say it's the most unfashionable game ever, it might actually be quite a good one.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Taylor, uh, Jim Goodwin was there on um, on Sky Sports duty last night for the game against Celtic. How much do you think he would have been able to take away from that game? Because while you're seeing Livy, you're watching the team. There was those changes. Do you think he's gonna you'll be able to figure out what Martindale's doing, how he's gonna approach the semi final. Or do you think it's more sort of just trying to get stock of the squad as a whole at the moment?
3: I think, if anything, I haven't been there watching that, probably scrambled to his head. Yeah, I Marcus. agree. Uh, the fact now Livingstone's so called, quotation marks, reserves managed to go out and put that performance in is remarkable. Like, now, not only is it a good headache for um, Mart- uh, Martin Dale to do, uh, to have, sorry. It's Jim Goodwin now has like a possibility of two teams possibly been been out there, and what one does he go for? Because if anything, I'd say both teams showed both sides to their game. The first, the first team when it was uh, on the Saturday, Celtic, they they kind they defended rigidly, they defended well for eighty minutes, and it did take a sublime free kick from David Turnbull, to, basically to break that down. But then it showed their mental strength to come back and to score. However. Uh, on Wednesday or yesterday said that uh, it basically showed that obviously well, can go out play good football trouble uh, teams by going like toe to toe or uh, essentially getting in behind and actually uh, you know scoring and taking the lead and then not taking the lead sorry uh, no, yeah taking the lead from like set pieces and then being able to still trouble and not just sit back so it's like Jim Goodman must be sitting there now thinking like he just needs to go out and play his own way and just actual you know, in a good way, forget how Livingston plays because if he thinks about that too much, then there to be a defeat before they even start.
0: I can't lie, I've got so confused there. Did you? Not, <laughs> I don't understand. Was the Livingston game, Livingston was no 0, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you make the Hibs game, the Livingston game there?
3: Yes, I did. Yes, right, I, okay, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I wasn't I no, a dick, no. I was so I, confused. it was like, what? I was, was wondering, I knew I was getting mixed up. And I was like, <laughs> I knew yeah. one of them was now and one of them was one each and I was like I've just went for the 50-50 you know what I'll, get, I'll take the one and see it out you know that mistake all day long <laughs>
0: there you go <laughs> alright you're still the winner in my eyes um, so we've discussed those League Cup semis but the big question troops will either of those be your game of the week Graham
2: yes which one I'm going to I'm going to go with Levy St Mirren I think mm-hmm. that is the more interesting of the two I think Levy are a really interesting team to watch, probably the most interesting team in the, in the league to watch in Scotland right now. I think it's a more even contest, and one more up in the air, and more importantly, there's not much else on this weekend. So I'll go with a semi final that you can tell means a lot to these teams rather than sticking with an FA Cup or my hipster pick, which is going to be Leon St Etienne, but I'm not going to watch that game, so I would I pick it?
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Cameron, what about you? Uh, yeah, I was torn between Livy, St Mirren or going far abroad to Leverkusen versus Wolfsburg, which I just chose because I think it'll be a good game and I'll probably watch it if it's on BT. Um I'll go with I'll go with Leverkusen Wolfsburg, but you know where my vote stands if we have a tie.
0: If you're going Germany this weekend I think it's got to be gladbach yeah. Glad Dortmund, but
1: I didn't even see that on the
0: list. Friday night, yeah, maybe you would speak <laughs> Saturday, oh, it, right.
1: Do you know, I was on flash scores, and I was like, oh, Friday night, oh, it's about two games, I'll just skip it, them will be good. Uh, <laughs> right, I've changed my pick. Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> Dortmund's Dortmund. future
0: manager, maybe, possibly, in the class back mm-hmm. a bit, so we'll see about that. Taylor, what about you? Phil and Burnley. Brilliant. What?
3: <laughs> I'm kidding, what? what? <laughs> no, no, not i being serious, it's going to be Lovingston Superbar so in my head, I think. Uh, Sean called it the most unglamorous semi final. I think it's a general exciting because 2 2, two, two come on, here speak. Two teams who are going at it in probably good form and who are actually are playing relatively decent football now, and two managers actually want to showcase what they can do with a team, although one's proven, one's unproven. I think it's exciting. I think it's going to be a crack in a semi final, and Livingston are going to win this League Cup.
0: I like that, a bold Lost claim at that. the end, I would have agreed anyway that I think um, that's the most intriguing game this weekend, I'm really looking forward to it, even though the SPFL said no to me getting in for press, I'm still looking forward to it, so thanks for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so our Energy Extra Time game of the week is Livingston versus St Mirren in the League Cup semi-final at and that's 4 o'clock on Sunday on Premier Sports, so get your subscriptions if you don't have them Trips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, need to sort it <laughs> I don't know if anyone will stream living games, <laughs> not that we'd advocate that on this show um, I would. do thank you <laughs> 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 thank you for listening to this episode of Energy Extra Time, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so the show appears in your feed automatically. You can find us on Twitter, at ENRG Extra Time. There's also loads of good content going up on the website, that's Energy Sport, and there'll also be tweets out about other podcasts, the Fantasy Ramble to come tomorrow, and the Football Roundup on Monday. We'll we'll be looking back on those semi-finals and anything else that happens over the weekend. So thank you to Cameron Wonstall, Graham Sinclair and Taylor Murray for coming on. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again next week.